Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I have listened to about 26 hours of D.B. Cooper podcasts. I've gone down the rabbit hole. Um, I must admit, I've listened to quite a lot, but then, yeah, that's yeah. being at work. Well, so I found out that there's... I've, I've literally never even seen an advertisement for a DB Cooper podcast. It's going to be I've never heard. Action. I've never even heard of people talk about it. About really? What happens? When it comes to it, in the... the, the oh, maybe they did. Oh! <laughs> so in the back, there isn't a light brown jacket. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Not Another Conspiracy Podcast with our man on the other side of the Atlantic over there, Dean Salter. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. A man on the other side of the M25, <laughs> JJ Jackson. What? And he is, he is a synthetic. Ben Mills on the other side of the M25 for me. <laughs> Yay. How are we doing, boys? Well, oh, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. We're, I'm welcome. doing very well. I've, I'm very sunburnt. On my body. I can't I can't see you very well because of your camera quality at the moment, but that might be is my it, end. Yeah, it should be fine. So what <sighs> because ladies and gentlemen, we've moved to Riverside.fm now to record our podcasts. Everyone's cameras should be recording at four K and then oh. and and it'd be brilliant. And then I'll just do it. <laughs> I don't even have a four K camera, so that's not well, yeah, so that's why it's gonna be brilliant because it's gonna upgrade <laughs> your camera for you. Um <laughs> Because Zoom was so COVID, like so 2020. Oh yeah, and do you know what? It was some of the, it, they changed something in the in the program. So when I downloaded last week or two weeks ago, when I fin- we finished the podcast, it gave me like a 360p image of all three of us. So the quality is quite bad in last week's episode. Oh, last week's episode. So bastard. I had enough. I uh, I've moved on. We've we've, we've upgraded to Riverside. So Riverside, man. Oh, 
hopefully Riverside will be great and then I can give you all promo codes and you can all move over to it mm. instead of using Zoom. For now, we are using it um, as a test. <clears throat> See if it's good. Hopefully, you'll all enjoy it more than last week. Hopefully, anyway, yeah. So, JJ, what's uh, this week's episode? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that he has... so, some Something that you two just made up about some guy. Literally, <laughs> D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. Well, even D.B. Cooper isn't actually the real... It's that this thing is even real. Yeah. Whoa. No, you say that. No, you might have just given away one of my uh, theories, actually. Um, But D.B. Cooper... Well, I uh, I haven't read your notes, so I haven't got a fucking clue about that. I didn't put it in the notes because I didn't want Dean to read it. Um, (laughs) So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the mysterious, unsolved hijacking by Mr. D.B. Cooper. And yeah, and as Ben was saying, completely unsolved. And as well, it is the only aviation hijacking that I think is the the only one as a recorded success by the perpetrator. And because it's never been discovered, but um, there's various details about that that obviously will will I'll probably interject or we'll cover at least. Yeah, it's it's a deep one. Like what I didn't realize when I started researching this is that there is a db there's a cooper con that loads of people go to and they they discuss things and they get specialist speakers in and people like who have found evidence along the way they 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 come and talk about it and you get psychologists in and handwriting people and like, it's, it's insane it's re- and it's con- considering as well that the the story basis as a whole it's not like when you when obviously ben's done heavier research and me being at work when i've listened through a load of podcasts about it a lot of the podcasts there's not much detail like to the whole event but to hear that there's actually a convention behind it and it's still actively being pursued it's quite incredible to be honest it's It's, but have you noticed that a lot of it's like i think it's oh it could be this and that like and i guess that's weird to be another load of people saying that like what we think and And, you know it's all based on like just there's a lot theory. of reaching yeah there's yeah. a lot of reaching i feel like and just looking at a few of the names that you have covered also i'm very excited because with the podcast that i listen to they really only focused on two names um when you mention them i'll that's when i'll interject and per, perk up yeah. a bit but seeing all of these other names and particularly i see zodiac killer written there in the notes that yeah I can't believe how much, how deep it actually goes for something yeah. that it, that barely has a like. Yeah, so, there's more evidence for 9/11 happening than there is for this. Yeah. So Zodiac, the Zodiac connections. Basically, I've been listening to a podcast called um, the DB Cooper Vortex, which has been going for about five years now. And there's wow. episode. Each episode is with a different person with a theory, basically, um, or like they get special on. So the the Zodiac Killer one is one that's very like. This is just a mad woman, <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll go into a bit more detail of it, like later, because she also thought that um, he was someone else as well, which is quite funny. So, in 1971, a mysterious man carrying a briefcase with a bomb inside boarded a flight to Seattle, Washington. Shortly after taking off, he quietly hijacked the plane and made illicit demands. A few hours later, after his demands were met, he put on a parachute and jumped out of the plane, never to be seen again. This launched a worldwide manhunt. 
hunt the last that lasted over 45 years and ended up turning into one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in FBI history. <laughs> Even after all those years, strange theories and rumors are s- still surround this individual. Was he actually a rogue CIA agent or jump or just a disgruntled employee? Or maybe he never even existed at all. And it was all fabricated. This is the story of D.B. Cooper. I just want to quickly interject as well. For, for, the, for people that aren't watching this video, JJ's expression right now is fucking outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, even with the glasses he's got on, just listening to those paragraphs, Ben, it sounds so... Oh, he hijacked a plane got a parachute and fucked off out the door. Like, <laughs> just see JJ. Just so we peaked your interest? Have we peaked your interest? Immediately, all I'm screaming is it was a, a red flag so they could get high security on planes. Yeah. So they could put FBI agents on planes. Oh, flag. Oh, wow. that, JJ, that is exactly where I was going with this later on. But like, it's <laughs> one of the theories is, and I think is that it could be a false flag like, to get. But unfortunately, they didn't, it didn't do anything with the TSA or anything like for at least till like the eighties. They didn't upgrade the things or anything. Might have stopped people smoking wow. on planes because right, apparently yeah. he smoked like twenty fags while he was on it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't so, shoot um, twenty homosexuals, by the way. So we don't use cigarettes. You know, cigarettes. Twenty cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, because of the American. He didn't smoke. There. It, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't the. Um, the uh village people's tour plane or anything like that you know like yeah fucking them up yeah he was sm- he was quite yeah. an athlete uh loved his marlboros loved them he, well actually he they were the oh what i know what it was they're raleigh raleigh cigarettes they were raleigh raleigh which yeah. is rayleigh rayleigh for all your english people they steal our names over there didn't they over yeah, here they change it raleigh um, so the mystery begins on November the 24th, 1971, the day before Thanksgiving. That is just a day then. The, a, day a day for us, for English people. <laughs> on this day, at the Portland International Airport in Oregon, an individual, an individual probe Northwest Airlines ticket counter. Oh, sorry. An nah. individual approached <laughs> Northwest Airlines ticket counter. This person appeared to be a middle-aged man. In his mid forties, around six feet tall, wearing a black suit and a white undershirt and a narrow black tie. It's, it's as well like it's interesting to know the details of how flying, how 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 air travel worked back then, with the details of the fact that this guy just he just arrived at that counter, bought a ticket, and there was no identification needed, and there was no confirmation of like names and IDs. Yeah. It's crazy just how easy yeah. it is to kind of just go on there as a total alias. Yeah. The, the man approached the ticket counter and stated that he would like to purchase a one-way ticket on Northwest Airlines Flight 305 from Portland to Seattle, Washington. This flight was a short one. It was only 30 min- a 30-minute flight from Portland to Seattle. So the ticket counter asked for his name to complete his transaction. He told him that it was Dan Cooper. He then paid for the ticket in cash, which was a total of £18.52. Um, so I that, mean, that's the so, most crazy thing about it so far. The fact that he just got a ticket on the day, that's the crazy thing. Um, so right. Dan Cooper is the actual name that he gave. He, yeah. he never gave the name D.B. Cooper. That was a miscommunication later on between police and press. So D.B. Cooper is not his name. It never was. So and it surprises drop that now. Yeah, it surprises me that there wasn't ever a like Dan Barry Cooper or something. It's only ever well, been B. So the the 
DB Cooper was someone that had a um, previous in the area was DB Cooper. So it was Dan Cooper. And they're like, oh, well, let's just search the people. It might have used oh, his real name. Oh, yeah. I never heard of that. Not okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty, that's the, that just ruins it really. Just I a think. quick question. Yeah. Um, um, Dean will probably know more about this. Do you need your passport to travel internally in America? Or uh, no, you only need a state ID or your driver's license. And that's including and that's including me as well. Like if I was traveling around America, even though I'm an immigrant, I would also show my green card. But yeah, all I need is either my driver's license or state ID. Don't need my passport. Yeah. But in the seventies, in the seventies, you could just fly willy nilly. Yeah, you could go up to the gate. You didn't. There's no security. It's still. Um, he got his ticket. Sorry, he got his ticket in what? It still amazes me that even in the seventies they were allowed to smoke on planes. Like not one person was yeah. just like, "Shit!" Could you imagine if someone smoked a cigarette in their hand inside here? Like, fucking just like, ah, oh, there might be an inferno. We'll take that risk though. Yeah, my he friend got his ticket and tobacco in between his toes. Sorry, oh. is he? What? Yeah, he puts uh, he puts he rolls up Snooze. tobacco really tightly and puts it in between his toes. <laughs> What does that but absorb into his skin? Apparently, it absorbs into your skin, and obviously, because it's in your feet when you're on a plane, you tend to sweat more, so it soaks into your uh, into your glands <laughs> a lot quicker. It's just, it's not, no one, no one's that addicted to cigarettes. It's... That's insane. Yeah, I tell you what, props to. We digress. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> apologize, Ben. We're, we're... He got his ticket and headed towards the waiting area for the flight. Now, just another little knowledge nugget here, real quick. At the time this occurred, proof of identity was not required by airlines and purchase, to purchase a flight ticket. So he didn't have to show ID or anything. He just told them his name was Dan Cooper. Cooper boarded the Boeing set flight 727. So that is really important that it's a 727. That's like the main mm-hmm. the main thing here. Is that that's the plane. He picked that plane. He had to be a 727. And he sat in the seat, which was located in the back of the plane. In total, there were 36 passengers on board, three flight attendants, and three pilots. That's not strictly true. There's two pilots and one engineer. Mm. Uh, now, Northwest Airlines had a policy at the time that while passengers were sitting on the plane waiting to take off, that flight attendants would serve them drinks. So one of the flight attendants start, started at the front of the plane and asked him for passengers what they drink, and another one came to the back, and someone asked Cooper politely what he wanted, and he asked for a bo- bourbon and soda. Bourbon and soda. Fucking awful. Only a few months... <laughs> well, it could be Jack and Coke, right? I think bourbon's... Oh, awesome, yeah, good it? point. I thought you meant yeah. soda what? <laughs> It could be soda water. Well, well, yeah, they say soda. soda, Coke's a soda to to, to Americans, like Sprite soda. Do you know what I mean? And they do drink scotch with just normal water, don't they? They do. Scotch and water. It does make scotch taste nicer, though. Mm. Depends on the type of scotch. If it's single malt, it's quite peaty. You put a bit of water in it, it makes it taste really nice. Yeah. Anyway... Another digression. Only a few minutes, moments later, at approximately 2.50pm Pacific Standard Time, the plane departed from Portland Airport. Only 10 minutes later, at approximately 3pm, after the plane was in the air, mm-hmm. Cooper leaned back in his seat, turned around and looked at the flight attendant who was sitting in her jump seat directly behind him. He then handed her a note. She then took the note and put it in her purse because she thought it was handing him a phone number. Yeah. Like... Because, which I think's a bit like big headed from her. Well, no, because back right. then in 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 the seventies, everyone was just trying to fuck. Well, it's because the majority, I'd say ninety percent of flight attendants back then in the seventies were practically like nine out of tens. 
all of them. And they had policies where you had to be the correct weight as well. You had there was like so much. Was there was to do with the actual? We can't have fat people because the plane will crash. I feel like there was more. Whereas in now they don't give a shit. Right, there was more. No, there no were offense, more, flight attendants. There were more hoops to jump through in the seventies just to be a flight attendant than there was to buy a ticket to get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, basically. Your waist size has to be this. Your bust has to be this. Your your skirt yeah. line can only go to here. You have to weigh this. So much. she's tucked the note away. <laughs> she tucked the note away, and after he saw her tuck the note away, he leant over and he went, "Miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb." Ooh, I was expecting him to go. Listen, tits. This this plane could go kapow. <laughs> Listen here, sweetheart. <laughs> she opened the note that said, "Miss, I have a bomb, and here I would." I have a bomb here and I would like you to sit by me. The flight attendant dropped the note in shock and then stood up and quickly sat next to Cooper. After she sat down, she quietly asked the passenger to see the bomb to make sure he he was, you know, telling the truth. And uh, Cooper lifted up the briefcase from his side, set it on his lap, turned it towards the flight attendant sitting next to him, opened it up and inside there were eight red cylinders on top on top of four attached to two wires coated with red insulation and a large cylindrical battery. What's was, uh, was Wiley Coyote sat next to him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he had, had, had Acme written on the briefcase. He had a fucking anvil up in the uh, luggage compartment, just in case. <laughs> so when they said he jumped out, you know, literally oh, did he stop throw it. a piano out. And a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> All right, it's only four more pages to get through, guys. Sorry, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Cooper closed the briefcase and placed it on the seat to the right of him. He then told the flight attendant that he had a list of demands to, and to write them down. His demands were $200,000 in American currency, uh, parachutes, oh, uh, f- four parachutes, mm-hmm. two primary and two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. A little side note. $2,000 in 1971 is the equivalent of about $1.3 million now. $200,000? Uh, How much? Sorry, 200000 Yes. Yeah, it's about $1.3 yeah. now. Thanks, inflation. <clears throat> Thanks, inflation. <laughs> so, so as the flight attendant was writing these demands down, the other flight attendant was making her way to the back of the plane. Uh, she thought it was quite odd the other flight attendant was sitting next to the passenger as she walked by to the flight attendant who was sitting next to Cooper, looked at her and motioned her to pick up the piece of paper which was on the ground, which was the note that was given to her by Cooper that she dropped after reading. The other flight attendant picked up the note, read it and immediately reached for the phone beside her. She told the pilots what was happening, that there was a bit they were being hijacked and it was not a joke. She hung up the phone and approached the flight attendant and passenger. One attendant who was sitting next to the passenger stood up and took the demands of the pilot in the cockpit. The captain of the flight got the demands and contacted the Seattle-Tacoma Air Traffic Control, which informed the local and federal authorities of what was going on. The attendant then left the cockpit, went back to where Cooper was sitting. When she arrived back there, she noticed that he was wearing dark sunglasses, <clears throat> which is weird, right? He put sunglasses. Bit strange. On. Yeah, he ordered yeah, all the wears, employees to wear sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Are you DB Cooper? <laughs> Glad you said that, not me. Northwest Airlines President Donald Nero got a call about it and was told told to tell the employees to cooperate fully with the hijackers' demand and told the FBI, FBI and the other federal authorities he was authorizing the payment of the ransom. 
the FBI then started assembling the money from several Seattle area banks. So this is so the money was going to be in ten thousand unmarked twenty dollar bills, but because of the because of the bank that was nearby, they had a um, like a ransom fund. Yeah. So they 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 didn't mark the bills, but what they'd done is they photocopied all photocopied all the serial numbers mm. from those bills. So it was just a, it was a ransom fund that they were unmarked, but they could give them, but they would know what they were called. And it amazes me even back. It's crazy as well how America the way of like they dealt with it, like because air, air, air hijacking was quite popular in the seventies because there was there were kind of ways that you could possibly get away with it, and banks yeah. would have like a side fund just for hijackings. I think that's fucking... Yeah. Instead of trying to do something about stopping people making demands on airplanes, it's kind of just like, nah, we'll just throw the money. Yeah. Kind of like well, the way they're dealing with school shootings at the moment, you know? They're just allowing it to be part of their culture, almost. <laughs> yeah. So they... Well, yeah, what they're yeah, what they going to do to stop that? Though? They're not really doing anything, are they? Nope. No, so the... Um, another thing about that is that there was an insurance policy on... So um, Northwest Airlines have a $250,000 per flight um, crime budget. Okay. So like if they insur- they, their insurance, they're covered for $250,000 worth of crime. <laughs> so they reckon that he might have known about that. Oh, it, okay, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the money was collected um, and the FBI... So they, yeah, so they had to get the money. So they put the flight into a holding pattern for like two hours. Yes. But the other... Passengers, like apparently, they just told him, We've got to burn off some fuel before we can land because we're too heavy or something. That's all they told him, which is the right thing to do, really. Yeah, so they, they got it's two hours. The FBI got all the money. <laughs> We've got to burn off some fuel because we're too heavy to land. Yeah, that's what they said. I mean, you know, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't uh, want to rouse suspicions that they were getting hijacked. So, uh, this time, 35 passengers didn't know what was going on they just they just accepted it imagine if that was now God. two hours christ it, we sat on the yeah. fucking time up for three hours yeah. i couldn't I, i've been yeah. it stopped seven drinks as well yeah, i've been sat on the tarmac once for about three hours and yeah people many times yeah oh you have i've only it's only ever happened once to me and we had we had cc with us when we did oof. one time as hell oof. she just fell asleep luckily but so yeah they had a minor mechanical Failure and that's burn some fuel. So as the plane was waiting for these three hours, one of the flight attendants sat next to Cooper the whole time. Uh, and why he talked on the phone next to him, relaying a message from the captain to Cooper. So she, uh, I think one of them, so one of them said, I've not written this in my notes, but one of them said to Cooper, what's your grudge with my, do you have a grudge with the airline? And, and he said, I don't have a grudge with your airline, but I do have a grudge. And everyone's like, Try, that's one of the main yeah. things people will try and find out like what's the grudge because I suppose you've got motive you've got you can find out who of course, it is yeah. right? and now I know one thing that kind of like irked well not irked me but really kind of perked my ears when I first heard it um, the fact that he always had the flight attendant sitting next to him also kind of I mean if she was sat next to him the whole entire time wouldn't he be worried mm. about what he looks like, the sound of his voice. That's why he's got the sunglasses on. No, baby. but other like markings on his face and stuff like that. Like, and uh, do you think that's why he wore the shirt, shirt and collar and stuff? So it's kind of really maybe, kind of covered. But, but it always confuses me. And it's like, well, why did he demand her to be sat there? It's not like, oh, I can't have her like make any smart moves or anything. When there's enough, there's attendants everywhere else that know what he's up to. Yeah. 
And it all well, there's only one other attendant. But still, that's enough she, to know yeah. what like she could just do something like that if he's at the back and every other yeah. passenger's in front of. But him. if they if they genuinely believe he's got a bomb, yeah, you're gonna just go right. Fuck this! I, <laughs> I well, it's not worth my job. It makes me so like rest yeah. It just makes me wonder why having her sat next to him the whole time wasn't the biggest risk to him in when mm. obviously the FBI would question her like, what did he look like? What did he sound like? Are there any markings? They, because I mean, there's, I mean, there's no CCTV or anything, is there? So there's no way they can go right. It was this guy in the airport, right. like you've you described that guy. Mm. So they like they, they. I guess it's pretty no. It's pretty safer for her to be there. So he's always got he's got an eye on her, and he's always got a voice to the captain. Then. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And he swapped them around though, because he had Tina at one point, and he had Shaft, Shaft was it Florence Shaffler the other time? Oh, he swapped them. Oh out. right, yeah. So he always had one next mm. to him. I don't know why. I, I've never hijacked a plane, so I wouldn't know if <laughs> but I... But yeah, that, that just something that stood out for me. Mm. So the, the FBI gathered, gathered the money that would already had copies around it, and they found... They, they initially got military issue. So this is where I started thinking that this guy knew what he was fucking talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So they got originally got military-issued um, parachutes, um, <clears throat> but Cooper said he didn't want them. He wanted um, normal um, parachutes, civilian parachutes, mm. because... Um, military parachutes when you you have to put them on a cord so when you jump out it pulls the cord for yeah. you he he wanted to be able to control obviously he wanted to free flow because yeah. with right. the military ones you just go control. straight down don't you yeah and they they pull the cord as you get out you have to hook it onto something it has to the the plane would have to pull gotcha. the cord for you yeah. because they're like they're heavy duty um and he obviously got two parachutes front and back because he wanted to make them think that he was taking the a flight yes. attendant or someone with him, so they wouldn't. That's what I think. Mm, anyway. mm, I agree I mean, with that. Yeah. So yeah, they want he wanted manually operating rip cords. The FBI agreed, and the Seattle police were able to obtain them from a local skydiving school. So, he, so the reason he didn't want military shoes is because yeah, he wanted to pull and himself. he knew what he was doing. Um, yeah. So at five twenty-four p.m., Cooper was informed that his demands demands had been met, and only fifteen minutes later, the aircraft landed at Seattle Tacoma Airport. After landing, Cooper instructed the captain to park the aeroplane in an isolated, brightly lit section. He told the captain to close all the window shades in the cabin. This was in order to deter any snipers from shooting Cooper. Mm. And that, that leads a lot of, obviously, people to think that he had had military um, yeah. experience in the past. One, the parachutes, uh, and two, the snipers. Mm. Because when they mentioned that, that never really was something that kind of like tweaked with me and it was like oh, okay yeah that totally makes sense like it, it's yeah. just a, a small detail that he was aware of and cautious of that also mm. leads to people being correct or possibly yeah, later on when we so, yeah and later on when we start talking about when he starts giving like directions to the pilot and stuff it's just you're like oh okay. yeah yeah. the northwest airlines operations manager started walking towards the aircraft in his normal street clothes uh because he was carrying the cash and he didn't want to look like a police officer. Like he didn't want to wear a uniform. Uh, Cooper ordered the captain to lower the plane stairs onto the runway, which he did. Cooper then had one of the flight attendants go out and retrieve the cash and parachutes. Once the delivery was completed, Cooper allowed all the passengers and two flight attendants to leave the plane. The only individual left were Cooper, the captain, a co-pilot, a flight engineer, and one of the flight attendants. So five people left on the plane. <clears throat> Once everyone except Cooper and the four crew members were off the plane, the fuel truck arrived and began refueling the aeroplane. So th this is another thing that was, went wrong there. They had to get three different refueling trucks. Three? 
first one didn't work. Second one didn't have enough fuel. And then the third one, they... It makes me wonder whether the FBI were deliberate, were trying to kind of trip him up because with regards, I think they were trying to make him panic. Yeah, because yeah. with regards with the parachutes, he made his demands obvious. Didn't he get? <laughs> excuse me. Didn't he get two military ones? Because at first he requested no, so one was four in total, didn't he? But yeah. there was something wrong. No, it was two, two primary, two reserves. So it was it was four shoots, but you it's two sets. Ah, basically. right, okay. Um, he got one. One was a military grade, but it was civilian, yep. and the other one was a newer one. Uh, the other one of the reserves was fine, and the other reserve was a dummy. That's it. He jumped out with the older military one and the dummy mm. shoot. So that's what leads people to think that he didn't know what he was talking about. But when we get into that, I've got some theories on that oh, okay. that actually are making sound like he actually really knew what yeah, he was talking okay. about. Um, so once everyone except Cooper and the four members were on the plane, the fuel truck arrived and began refueling. During this refueling, Cooper spoke to the crew members. He told them that he wanted flight. He had a flight plan and they were going to fly southeast towards Mexico City at a minimum airspeed without stalling the aircraft, which was approximately 115 miles an hour at a maximum altitude of 10,000 feet. Yep. So Cooper also told the crew that he wanted the landing gear on the plane was going to be stay deployed at takeoff. The landing position that the wing flaps would be lowered 15 degrees. The cabin would remain unpressurized during the duration of the flight and the aircraft has to take off with the rear exit door open in this, and its staircase extended. So the 724 plane had a staircase built into the back yeah. of the plane that you could walk down. And it, and it was that's why he picked yeah. this plane. So he could, he could leave the plane easily. I'll speak um, about something. I was just about to interject something about a no, 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 because it it's to do with suspects. So I'll wait. I'll wait until the particular oh, okay. one. So now the co-pilot spoke up at this time and told Cooper the aircraft could only fly a thousand miles, which meant that they could need to stop second refueling before entering Mexico. Cooper and the crew discussed some different options, stopping in Reno, Nevada, as additional. So they decided upon like he he wanted to stop at these certain places, but they said let's go Reno. Um as the additional refueling stuff. At this time, all the information was being relayed to Northwest Airline and authorities who were agreeing with Cooper's demands, except for one thing. They told Cooper it was unsafe for the plane to take off with the staircase deployed. However, Cooper told them that it was indeed safe, so he knew the plane, yeah. uh, and that he wasn't going to argue with them, and he was just to take off, get the staircase closed, but once it was over, he would open it. Northwest Airlines agreed, but before Cooper was about to take off, the FFA official requested a face-to-face -face meeting with him before the aircraft. <laughs> Which Cooper said, yeah. I was gonna, I was just, uh, like, they they fuck around with the fueling, they fuck around with the parachutes, and yeah. now they're just like, oh, bollocks, let's just let's just ask him for one to one, as if he's gonna. Like, yeah. Sounds like they're just out of ideas. Yeah. So the refueling process was completed at approximately seven forty, and the aircraft with Cooper and the crew took off. Now, just a little side note: um, once the plane was at ten thousand feet, it took off. F the two F one hundred six fighter aircraft were scrambled from McCord Air Course. Air Force Base and followed behind the airplane. So, um, while they were in the holding pattern, um, Cooper pointed out McCord Air Force Base. Like, he went, that's McCord yeah. Air Force Base there, which is not something that everyday person right. would know. It was like, a, it was one of those like black spot ones. No, it wasn't like an Air Force Base that everyone and would know a, about. So that, and like, it's just a, a, an odd detail to mention when you've hijacked a plane. Like, I, I they, yeah. they were, I, through my research, it's not like anyone mentions, oh, he mentioned this specifically because. It's like as if he was probably just sat there and just went, military base, that girl. You ever seen that? There you go. There's a few yeah. planes down there. Have a look. 100%. So, yeah, why did he know that detail? And was that for some reason like a possible red herring? 
to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just like, I think it's like when you're in those kind of moments and you're like, you, you've now built up a bond with this person sitting next to yeah. you, right? And you just like, on. yes, uh, McCord Air Force Base. Yeah, mild bit right, of Stockholm syndrome. Like, oh, really? You're holding me yeah. hostage. Oh, wow. How lovely. <laughs> Thanks for that little tidbit, you those psycho. Are some nice barbed wire fences there. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting thing to, <clears throat> well, because obviously it's still a mystery, but particularly, this can't spoil anything, particularly with one suspect uh, that's on the list of, well, I'll let you mention the number of how many suspects there actually are, but for one Thousand. suspect that we will bring in, um, it sounds like he was absolutely petrified. And to make a comment like that, yeah. Kind of makes sense to a degree. Yeah. Just a little waffle, wasn't it? Bullshit like and waffle, you start waffling yeah. when you're a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. So shortly <laughs> after takeoff, Cooper started getting his parachute ready. He then instructed the flight attendant, which is Tina Mucklow, to go into the cockpit and rain there, remain there with the door closed, and she locked the door. Uh, once the flight attendant reached the cockpit and closed the door, Cooper opened the staircase to be lowered, which they know that he did that because uh, a sign came up on the, on the um, Cop- dashboard. In the cockpit, yeah. We'll call it a dashboard. Um, yeah, so, and at approximately 8.13 p.m. Oh, by the way, they're, they're in constant contact with him through the phone, asking if you need a hand, and they're just, like, trying to find yeah. out what he's doing. At <clears throat> uh, 8.13, the aircraft's tail section sustained a sudden upward movement, which would uh, which would indicate that Cooper had jumped mm. off the plane, yeah. right? Because he jumped off, and the, there would be pressure <sighs> drop. I couldn't imagine. Uh, the captain landed. So he jumped off the plane, and two hours later, at 10.15 p.m., the captain landed the plane in Reno Airport. FBI agents, state troopers, sheriffs, Reno police surrounded the jet. Uh, they didn't know, if, uh, didn't know for sure if Cooper was still on board or not. And after a quick search, they had learned that Cooper had no longer on the plane. But the FBI agents did collect some evidence that was left behind, which was Cooper's clip-on necktie and eight cigarette butts. And a handwritten note. And... Uh, no, no, no. He took all the notes. He took everything uh... back. Anything handwritten, anything like he took all of it back. Which is so he, he didn't want like it. bizarre, considering the fact that he's had a, a flight attendant sat next to him the whole time. And like you mentioned, Ben, there's no CCTV. It's all composite drawings, yeah. people's witness testimonies, where we all know that in the moment people could just make shit up left, right, and centre. And like I mentioned, yeah. to have someone sat next to you for some intense hours. And at some point, you're probably just going to be like looking at him and and yeah. photographing him with your eyes. But yet he takes yeah. handwriting. Because that's got DNA on it. But surely. the DNA don't matter because they DNA have cigarette butts it. also. And DNA back then wasn't... Yeah, but they, they, so they, they, the cigarette butts, not only did they surprisingly go missing yes, that, yeah. in custody... But apparently they did do tests on them. They didn't even get a blood type. They didn't even get a blood type from the saliva. Like, but is that then or Reese? That's oh. then, yeah. And then they bit, and now they've got, and they suddenly they bizarrely went missing. Well, that leads to so, some other uh, um, um, suspicions. Yeah. So the FBI immediately opened an extensive investigation, calling it Norjack, <laughs> for the Northwest hijacking. <laughs> The FBI spoke with many of the crew members and had a sketch artist create portraits of the hijacker that were distributed to all news outlets and media across the United States. They also spoke with pilots of the F-106 jets that were following the aircraft and noted that the pilots didn't see anyone or anything jump out of the plane. For the first five years of the investigation, more than 800 suspects would come to the FBI's attention. That's bananas, well, the, man. The thing is, though, it was pitched. So this was it was pitch black and it was in a storm. 
So you probably wouldn't not, see a man in a black not. No. suit jump out. And to be if you're traveling at what speed were they traveling at? 10... 100, 105 miles That's... an hour. But the the F-106s had to keep doing loops because they couldn't stay that, that slow. So there's no way they... I think they... And there's most them, likely going to be a window where potentially both of them are blind for even a... Split... Especially if you're standing on the stairs of the plane and you can see... Like, okay, right, he's there. Oh, he's pulled ahead. Right, now. Because you know he's got to go forward and do a yeah. loop. So you know he's going to, he's not going to be able to. So, yeah, there's plenty of, I think there's plenty of time there. So, after years of dead end leads, investigators did receive a break in 1981. A boy found an open, torn up package containing $5,800. It, it was buried along the Columbia River, north of Portland, uh, which is like, uh, I can't remember what it was called, the actual place. I'm not writing it down. The serial numbers of the 5800 matched those given to Cooper. Which is. However, the following following extensive search, nothing further was discovered. It's... So they found $5,800 of those notes, of right. the money. But it was 10 years later. Which is. And it was, and it was, and they, it wasn't degre- it wasn't degraded enough to have been there for right. 10 years. It would have had to have been Yes, exactly. Because that... they did test on the rubber bands and the rubber bands wouldn't have lasted six months, let and alone it, 10 years. And it's interesting too, because one of the biggest questions that I unfortunately didn't have answered uh, in any of the podcasts and the research that I did with, and I know, know the reason that obviously he wanted them in, um, oh, damn it, what word did he use? Particular type of note, use um, notes basically. So he wanted them in. Um, it's, what's the word that he used? But he wanted them in um, money that couldn't, that wasn't going out of um, circulation. Circulation. Circulation, because that had happened on a, a another hijacking, and that's how they caught the hijacker. So he'd done his research, and no, it's the Lindbergh baby. That's how they caught the the for the Lindbergh baby um, ransom. They put in some gold certificates, okay. um, which were going out of. Um, circulation within a couple of months so when they got they those got used that's how they caught them so that's why he know he knew he must have right. known like he must have done some research because he wanted it in he wanted it in exchangeable or or tradable um right. currency but that's what it was a really weird wording but it was like the right because wording. it always it always could like so how would he he could still use the money sure but how would he be able to use the money and not think that he would be captured because if he's smart enough to 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 know what plane he needs uh to know even the details of the inside of the plane and all of these other little things including the parachutes and stuff like that i refuse to believe that he wouldn't have been aware of how easily traceable he could be with whatever note he's given I think he... because of serial so that makes me think... how would he use yeah, this so money? i think he didn't i don't think he did no, it for money if he did do it i don't and think that, he did it for well, money that's that ties in with the fact as well why is somebody burying five six grand's worth of the money in a remote place and it potentially being washed up well it's just a beach you know like um like um in Le- yeah. old lee you know like when you look over the peter yes. boat yeah that kind of bit it was something like that so it was like in a small little bit bit of beach like it, that um in a and it was it was it like they did all tests on the sediment and stuff, and they'd also dredged that river in 1974, and they hadn't found anything. And it would it also dispersed the sediment, so the silt levels were different. So they could trace how many years it had been there, and it would have only been yeah, there a couple of months, of, six months yeah. at most, because of the layers. Because it had, and then the money they tested the money. This is crazy, right? So there's different 
types of algae that forms in autumn, winter, spring, and summer. And this had the spring, huh. like the spring stuff on it. And this, and then it was then found in the summer, like four or five months later. It's insane it's... that that that, that and I think done it's... it. Oh, oh and well, no, no, no I, I was just simply going to say that it, it's it's intriguing of you saying that maybe he wasn't even spending the money because before he left or before he jumped out of the plane, he even offered 10 grand to the uh, stewardess that was sat next to him, didn't he? And she didn't yeah. take it. And like you said, saying like, like maybe he didn't do it for the money. Makes sense when, well, it yeah. kind of really does make you think. He said he did it for a grudge, right? That's what he's yes, apparently did yeah. it for a grudge. Um, I, so the, the turns out, so that kid got half the money he had to share. It, oh. So that he, he shared it with the insurance company and oh, he wow. got half for finding it. He sold one of those notes for thirty thousand dollars. Smart kid, that's cool. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, but to be honest, a lot of them have. To be honest, on. I would, I'd quite like a note framed on the wall, like for it being kind of historical. Yeah. For... Well, that was at CooperCon. Like the guy took some to CooperCon and showed that's... it, and he also gave little shavings of the money to science scientists to kind of like test it and stuff. And that's how they found out that it would have been. It would have been buried in the That's spring. That's so fucking amazing. That's incredible information. So despite, it's crazy. It's so much like that. That's the kind of thing you like. Go well, like he, someone's either found that money mm. and put it there, or he's gone. Oh, they've can't they? Because it would have been they. They, they probably gone. Oh, they've called in. They're like they've they've dropped down on the manhunt. Or they're in nineteen eighty. They t the FBI said we reckon he's dead. So for then the money to suddenly mm. show up like a, a year later shows that maybe he's like saying, "Is I'm it something dead. possible? Is it possible too that he could have tried?" Because five thousand eight hundred dollars is oddly an odd kind of amount. If if like it's not like it's a solid amount or anything, could he have possibly tried to use that specific amount of money? Maybe his feathers got rumbled, or someone was just like, "Fucking hold on a minute, yeah. these notes." Something's moody about this. And then he was like, I need to just get rid of these particular notes and disappear somewhere. I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. Yeah. I Tried using it and was like, Ugh. I think it might be. Because there's loads of theories that it just washed down river from where mm, he landed. Which obviously is But there's no wrong. way it could have. Yeah, it's totally wrong because it, it goes, no matter what jump zone, like there's two alternative jump zones that they think it was mm. that were near rivers. And neither of them would flow the right way. And the only other way would be that it got dredged up by yeah. a ship, but then why isn't the money in? Why is the money not de degraded yeah. more? Like it's just, it's insane. So despite an extensive manhunt and over a forty-five-year-long FBI investigation, in two thousand and sixteen, the FBI officially closed the case, and DB Cooper's identity remains. Mm -hmm. Dan Cooper doesn't <laughs> say DB. It's wrong. Dan Cooper's identity remains unknown, and that's it for the story of DB Cooper. Now that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it gets oh, yes. way deeper. So, obviously, we've talked about the money. Um, we, we, what we can talk about is the, the the thing that gets people is where did he jump out? What was the jump zone? You know, the the flight the flight zone, the flight path, all of that all comes into play to kind of decide where he got out, like where he did. But JJ, before we go on to that bit, what do you think so far? I really don't know. <laughs> Just like a guy, a guy jump, jumped out of a plane. Right. I need, I need the conspiracy element for me to like get the conspiracy. Right. So first conspiracy, first conspiracy that he was a CIA agent 
that was involved in um, the Korean and Vietnamese war. I haven't heard this. Wars. <laughs> Korea, no. Or I'll be calling it Korea, no, Korea, for hey. now. All right. Both wars. <laughs> um, he, so during those wars, they were using Boeing 727s to drop char- cargo and, and people into war zones. Because they looked like commercial, because they right, were commercial yeah, yeah. planes, they would fly them into like close to certain areas, and they could get away with it because they they didn't look like army planes, so they could go. It's a civilian jet, and then <clears throat> CIA agents, paratroopers, cargo, everything was getting thrown out those back steps that only the seven two seven has, and he knew all the settings like. Flaps at 15 degrees, which and he would. So, the 727 is the only plane that has a 15 degree flap angle, everything else is 12.5 or 13. So, so it's things like that. Slight rebuttal because the the, the one thing that was a bit specific with him as well is the details of the flight externally and, and internally. But I sat there and thought to myself that he may have known all of these details. Like like you said, the wings can only go 15 degrees on that particular plane, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It was never answered to me either as to whether his request of flying at 10,000 feet and just over 100 miles per hour resulted in them yeah, sitting there going, oh, we need to change the flaps on the wings. We then need to drop the landing gear. No, it, like so. Apparently, he went. This is this ah, is it. This oh, is what okay, right. So um, he went. He gave. He listed off the demands like what, is, how he wanted it. Is there any? Is there any conspiracy theories that link DB Cooper with Paul McCartney? Because the more <laughs> I look at his photo, composite, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at him because wings, and then yeah, and then and he's in a bank of wings. wings, and I was just like, I'm pretty sure wings was probably around 1971. I'm gonna check that, but. <laughs> Because the photograph of him looks a lot like Paul McCartney. Just saying. Just saying. Well, this Live and let die. When did Live and Let Die by Wings come out? The... Just imagine. <laughs> Just let imagine. 73. 73, but it was recorded in October 72, so a year later it was recorded. So maybe it was like... I've got all this cash um, for wings. Wings were founded <laughs> in 1971. Just saying that. So you reckon that Paul McCartney is DB Cooper? Yep. That's my uh, it's another one. Stick it. Just put his hat into the ring, mate. He's in there. This is it. It's not the because they reckon some people think Joe Biden might be DB Cooper. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, hold yeah. on. No, that, that's one I didn't come across. I need to see. Holy shit. Actually, look at the picture. What? Mate, this is mate. below my balls. Joe Biden, DB Cooper, mate. Oh, I can't. Yeah, side by side. That, well, yeah, okay, that's. Um, Joe Biden, DB Cooper, mate. Yeah, fuck it. Do wow. the, it, do the, does the age correlate? Everything Hang on, correlates. right, there's something, so there's the, something they re- really strange here. So, my friend Chris, I say my friend, I haven't spoken to him in a very long time, a.k.a. Rusko, the, the big drum and bass house DJ, I've just typed into Google, Paul McCartney, DB Cooper. First first thing on there, Rusko on Twitter, okay, I just watched DB Cooper and Paul McCartney. So I'm not the only person who fucking thought about it. Well, Let me just read the whole tweet. <laughs> 
I just watched DB Cooper and Paul McCartney. I got mad time to fall down conspiracy holes. What are you? What are your favourites, people? And that was in March 2020. Just say they're it. talking about yeah, but they're talking about Paul McCartney conspiracy and the DB Cooper conspiracy, right? It's just a bit and weird they're, that they're the two that are next to each other. It's very weird, yeah. And it's the top wow. top reason. Anyway, so so they so that they reckon that the. Um, so virtually unknown Biden decided he wanted to run for Senate in 1971, but he wouldn't be old enough to do so until 1972. The other issue was he had no money to campaign with. November 24th, 1971, D.B. Cooper extorted two and a half grand out of thing. The next thing you know, fucking Joe Biden has got enough money to launch his campaign for 1972. Oh, man, man. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I heard nothing he of this looks one. looks like him. Wow, yeah. I'm, I've got a Reddit post that I also want to read uh, that I'll drop in the Discord for everybody because it's, Jesus Christ, pictures side by side and also age um, comparisons of the two of them, like how what uh, Joe Biden would have looked like yeah. in 1974. And James Biden, his Oh, yeah, and James Biden. That's f- fucking wow. Um, also, I yeah. just found something else. I know this is probably, we should probably wait till the end of this, but... Somebody has replied to something about a song by Paul McCartney called Ram On. Uh, the Ram On. And somebody has put, in all seriousness, I prefer D.B. Cooper's version of Ram On from 1980. From 1980. And there's a video on YouTube and it says D.B. Cooper Ram On. So maybe the name D.B. Cooper wow. came from that guy because the guy's a obviously a recognized artist just mm. saying ram on ram on man db cooper yeah so ah. db cooper oh yeah huh yeah but db cooper was just was the announced the day oh yes of, of course the, yeah so was the, that just a confu- was that just word co- association confusion it was just it was the pre- so the, there was a guy called db cooper who was who lived close by to um portland oregon right. when the flight took off he was he had previous and the police uh the press guy had a friend in the police and he said yeah we're looking at this db cooper guy and they that's okay. where the name Makes came sense. from Makes sense. so my next my next um suspect is Robert Rackstraw. Right, yeah. uh, so he, uh, Thomas J. Colbert identified Robert Cash Rackstraw in 75 as a military vet with a murky past riddled by fraud and con artistry and as the man responsible. Um, and then uh, November 1971, non Yeah, we know all about this. Rackstraw's family announced the lead suspect had passed away from natural causes age 75, potentially taking with him the answers to what really happened on that fateful winter's afternoon. Um, what does he say? I need, I had a whole thing about why he thought it was him. Better find it, boy. Uh, oh. I love how wild. I'll leave this, this one is... till the end. Yeah, I, I, I love how wild this is. Right, go now, because I'm trying to find this. Thing. So. This letter is too. Go on. Oh, sorry. Sorry, so, yeah, go on. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is a one that you've already scoped out, but there's theories that the character Don Draper from Mad Men that's the story of DB Cooper. They're saying that the guy, the guy who played, was it John Hamm? I think he who played, uh, I think he Draper. Yeah. 
I said apparently at the end of the season finale, he's clutching. Uh, it says here the series finale will air. Blah, blah, blah. The growing speculation online among fans is that the main character, the suave and troubled advertising legend Don Draper, will turn out to be Skyjacker, known as DB Cooper, who is clutching two hundred thousand in ransom money parachuted from a commercial airplane in nineteen seventy one. I mean, this is a this is a, a, a very long article, so I'm not going to. I'll just I'll scan through it, but. Mm. Um, the weird thing is, now now you're talking about this, and I said I'd never heard of him. When we started talking about it, the first thing I thought about was Man Men, and I don't know why. Oh, because uh, it's been years since I watched that thing, so maybe that is something that's just kind of. Oh, that's it. It's because there's a there's a scene where he's in an aeroplane smoking. I think that was probably it, the, the reason why, because it, it's a re- it's a full episode where he's just in an aeroplane smoking. It, it's, um, it's and it's funny too. Like I've never heard of. I'm surprised there's never been like a movie made about this. I mean, it, it could eat like it doesn't need to. It just the, the... yeah. Well, there's a Netflix. There is. There has been a few oh, really? movies made about it. Yeah, um, there's been a few oh, documentaries. Docs. Like a new doc come out on Netflix, but there's been an actual film. Uh, I'm going to tell you what it's called now, and I think it's not Robert Redford. Oh, this is this is getting uh, too this is getting too hellier for me. The same, a- the same article goes on to say, I know, I know, it also sounded to me, it also sounded a lot like me to those awful Paul is dead theories from the early 1970s com- that combined meaningless coincidences with irrelevant facts to generate outlandish conclusions. But that's a bit of a weird one that Paul McCartney's in this article about D.B. Cooper again. Like, that's strange, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. And the, uh, it's the baked bean, baked bean tin for me. <laughs> the baked bean tin, but it's it's the baked bean so, tin. It's it's so intriguing that, like you said, at first you've just come into this and you're like, oh, Paul McCartney, and then, well, no, it's getting crazy with how many different suspects there are. But it, this this is why I mentioned that in in the early listening, it feels like there was a lot of reaching coming from a lot of a lot of the theories and stuff, but. So did you say that it was Port Portland Airport that he was, yes. that he set off from? Oh, so the... uh, hold on, I don't think so. No, I thought. Uh, no, it was. It was. Let me just go back up and the uh, notes. Yes, Portland International Airport in Oregon. Yeah. So in Mad Men, Don Draper looks out of a window and spots an aeroplane. Uh, later on in the episode, he picks up a hitchhiker who said was headed to Saint Paul's West, not East. The Draper character says, "I can go that way," and then the hitchhiker says, "But we, but will he go all the way, all the way to Portland Airport, where he will reinvent himself yet again?" Ooh, wow! Yeah, so there might be some hidden meanings in Mad Men. I'll probably have to go back and watch that after. Yeah, all. that's interesting. Huh. So there was um, so back yep. to Rackstraw. Um, he's he apparently sent letters, um, claiming to be DB Cooper. Well, there were letters sent to newspapers. There was five mm. letters, I think, in total sent. And, um, yeah, so then this guy, Colbert, who's a writer, journalist, um, he he did loads of red fucking string, like Charlie from Always Sunny, and he got to this guy, Rackstraw, um, repeatedly denied any involvement in the crime that gripped the nation, but last year admitted he had no denial anymore. Huh. After his accusation, so he doesn't deny it anymore. Um, somewhere between set up, but I just want—I 
I had loads on the sink. Sink didn't save in the fucking thing. Oh, it's really Uh-oh. annoying. And this is that rack straw. Yeah. yeah, rack straw. Let's move on. Richard Floyd McCoy. This one. So I this heard. guy. So Richard Floyd McCoy in '72, he hijacked a plane, a United Airlines flight, and parachuted from the plane over Utah oh. with the ransom money. So he'd done it again. I thought, the, but that one was solved um, then in that case. Well, this so so the so they caught him because he used the notes. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's that still amazes me what. So that means that maybe he locked the if it because they reckon it is it this is the guy because it was exactly the same. He looks the part. It was the same thing. They reckon that he might have lost the first lot of money, and when that was well easy, right. and when he did it again. He's his face so, is very similar. Very, very yeah. similar. Big strong chin, which is very obvious in the composite. Yeah. So he was um it was soon after learning that Fanning said someone from one of the four parachutes furnished a lone gunman who had wait no, that's not one. I just want to see where he jumps out. The hijacker who had assumed command on touchdown gave up his bag check and his luggage bought aboard. Fuel trucks hurriedly filled the plane's tanks and thousands of gallons of jet fuel. After seeing the completion of his written directions, some three hours after the plane had parked, the gunman released the passengers <clears throat> and one of the stewardesses. He then ordered the rest of the crew into the cockpit and took a position at the rear of the aircraft. The hijacker then used the intercom to summon the stewardess who gave her another set of flight instructions telling the pilot to take off towards the east, climb up to 16,000 feet, but fly precisely 200 miles an hour on course that would overpass several... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Specific Utah communities. The message is now hand-printed between Hijacker and Pilot was sent in Christian frequency, always using the stewardess as a courier. The cabin was ordered to deep- depressurized and the gunman warned that if the pursuit planes were stopped he would de- detonate a hidden explosive device after he jumped before the plane could be landed the hijacker opened his luggage covered in the peephole between the cockpit and cabin observed by the second officer floyd smith uh for a slight space under the cockpit door the hijacker quickly put on a jumpsuit helmet and parachute once he had shut the cabin lights up to be better view the ground the gunman demanded to be kept abreast of wind ground and airspeeds altimeter settings and sky conditions after the aircraft passed over the last Utah community on the prescribed course, the hijacker set no more notes, hoping the incident was over. Stewardess ventured to the passenger area and determined that the gunman had indeed bowed out with the ransom into Utah's darkened skies. Five hours after hijacking began, the weary crew headed <clears throat> to nearby Salt Lake City International Airport. So it's pretty, pretty yeah. much the same as the thing. Yeah. But he had and a gunman. What's interesting as well with the um, with Rackstraw is um, apparent. Oh, t- oh this is not Rackstraw. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's the. Yeah, the guy that I hadn't heard. It was sorry. There was something I wanted to mention about Rackstraw as well. That he allegedly, allegedly, yeah. his composite drawing or his picture has nine points of match to, uh, to Cooper's sketch, which I'm I'm reading is actually yeah. like quite a lot. Um, and he does look. Yeah, and if you look at the way that he, like, it looks like his mum or his girlfriend's putting like his mm-hmm. badge on his military yeah, thing, it looks yeah. just like it. Yeah, Rackstraw for me is like. Yeah, it seems like it and could be the it one. would make sense as well um, with him being caught using the money. It therefore, wouldn't surprise me of him obviously getting the ransom money, but not using it. Or, or well, we don't know if he's used every single bit of it. But the idea of burying uh, a lump sum to me sounds like oh shit, uh, my ideas of using this instead of the way I did before hasn't worked. Now I need to get rid of them. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds quite convincing. Mm. It sounds um, it sounds intriguing. There's a lot more um, within there as well. Uh, apparently, five months before the hijacking, he was booted from the army, so he's had military a military pass yeah. where he's going to know those. And he was obviously a paratrooper who uh, um, went to explosives yeah. and aviation school, so he knew how to fell out, fall out a plane and know how, probably knew how to blow blow one up and all. It's a good yeah, yeah. good point. He's um he um he he he's the one that Rackstraw again is why I like him because he was he was apparently the one who wrote the notes that no one else really mentions but the notes are pretty telling like there's some codes in them that say like I'm CIA um, DB Cooper is not real Uncle Sam the system lackey right. cops using that sort of thing. trigger kind of like that only certain people would and all the notes are sent back and forth along huh. the flight path. So the flight path that that, that actually took... And that's, that's a where the massive coincidence for them to just appear in that fashion. 
Mm. I've just seen one that says, uh, I don't know if this is the same guy, but it's it's something along the lines of, um, I didn't beat the system, I am the system. Is that the same one? Yeah, it's like, is, a, yeah. it's like it's like a traditional notes, ransom yeah. note, like cut out a newspaper and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calling, him, yeah calling himself the system. Yeah, I think I think that the theories that he was a CIA agent, like it pretty lends itself to could, being someone that knew how to jump I was out of say, plane. Could it also maybe be he is uh, maybe high up in the military or something like that in terms of our disgruntled yeah. military man who's just like um, uh, fucking having been cannon fodder for how many odd years and then yeah gets his two hundred grand or whatever. I understand. That's what that's where I was led to believe um, that you know. Um, he was. It was definitely ex CIA or ex ex military. Definitely someone yeah. who was para explosives uh, paratrooper. There's also Dwight, hold so on, there's hold Dwayne on, sorry. Webber. One other thing on um um <clears throat> okay. Ragstraw as well. Although we obviously were talking about the um the guy you were mentioning. Um, the idea with the picture is saying the system that beats the system, and that he is saying like, I'm the system going against the system. That kind of uh, as well lines up with him saying that. I don't have a grudge specifically. I just have a grudge because the system is an umbrella term yeah. for so many different like capitalist and corporate and military and government based institutes. It, it, I don't know. The language kind of lines up for me along with the actions and stuff. Yeah. So there's another thing. This is another, this is one of the ones that really made me think it was Rackstraw. So when he got taken in by the FBI, so he was mm-hmm. taken in for questioning and he was on under surveillance, and suddenly, in Washington, the money get the the fresh money shows up, which led to his release from the FBI. Sounds like he's very smart, very very smart. Yeah, I never knew that. That's that's fucking. Oh, okay. This sounds solid for Rackstraw. That's what it's just like. Things like that. It's like so. I'll get rid of it. Colbert argues that. Yeah, I knew that from the start I wouldn't be caught. The letter stated before later saying I yeah. left no fingerprints. Like, there's public knowledge behind the three brief reports in the newspaper played off prank, according to Colbert. Colbert said that his wife hired two forensic experts, one a past president of the American Society of Question Document Examiners, and the other an XBI agent to expand the handwriting note. The two men both said the handwriting was similar to the writing on Cooper's boarding card, that it was likely that they mm. were written by, the, by one person. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The rack straw suspicion has ground, if you ask me. It's got feet. Just the fact that he was he was in the FBI. He was uh, he was under arrest. Well, he was he was he's being detained by the FBI. Suddenly, out of nowhere, yeah. money arrives in Washington Get rid of it. on the beach. Like then, like mm. that at that moment, like it's like go and bury some money yeah. quick. I'm they're gonna get me. In, um, yeah. So there's a. So there is a new documentary coming out on Netflix in three days from recording. So by the time you're all listening to this, you'll probably have a Netflix, which we don't know what no, they're out. And I'm intrigued at that. Of. Um, I know the fact that. So there was a guy called Dwayne Weber who, on his deathbed, told his wife <laughs> that he was DB Cooper, and she and like she goes on a, she went like on a press run, like trying to get his yeah. name, like as this is the guy. But the only uh, the only evidence was that. Um, she said it on his death. He said uh, it on his death. Yeah, death. and yeah. and also she said that oh he had a he disappeared from time to time like during our marriage and tried mm. telling me that um 
He used yeah. to ha- he used to run with an alias, like, and she was like, oh, oh yeah, he did disappear from yeah. time to time. Like there wasn't a, wasn't a lot to it. But like, yeah, but the, the but that you just remind me of like something actually there that that the DB Cooper, the guy who was DB Cooper, um, there was never a missing persons no. report that fit that description. No, from any of those areas. So, like, if he did, if he did exist, and he did jump out the plane, and he la- he didn't die. He landed, right. and he went back to his everyday life. It was never a missing report. So, yeah, I've never believed like that. that he he died on the way down already. I genuinely, yeah. That's well, the story, there's obviously right? the the thought that he did in fact die. Like, but obviously, where this money was yeah. found kind of wouldn't make sense if he just fucking fucking hit the ground and didn't survive. You know, or unless someone could have maybe found the body, found the money, and been like, "Ooh," and then it get buried. I don't know. There's loads of potentials, but yeah, he definitely didn't die on the way down, and it definitely, to me, isn't that Dwayne Webber. No, not at all. No, no. Th- th- so that was a silly one. There's another silly one, uh, which is uh, DB Cooper was the, the Zodiac yeah, killer. In your notes, I saw this, and I hadn't. So, but. Also, that the the Zodiac killer would the Zodiac killer would also have to be Stephen Stanislaw Jr. because his daughter believes that her Caroline Stanislaw believes her father was DB Cooper, the Zodiac killer, and the Jeez. Oakland County child killer. Her father Stephen Jr. was convicted of murder of his of his father in 1979, but found not guilty by reasons of insanity. Caroline has spent years researching her father's crimes, but he's still working on it. And if you have any information that can help her. That's that's like that's like a, he probably could have been Jack the Ripper as well. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, this I think this story has a lot to has a lot of kind of like Jack the Ripper kind of vibes where it's like a lot of invention. Like this, like the way there's so many suspects. There's no real evidence. There's no real like no, like there's just this like these like obviously with Jack the Ripper there's those five killings, but this is the, this is there's the hijacking that happened like this. And then everything else is just people going. Yeah, hmm, it could be so this. much reaching and so much um, uh, Hellier going on. Damn it, uh, synchronicity. I feel like, like, oh, he was this, yeah. and he probably was that murderer and that child killer. Like, it's quite a lot. Yeah, quite, quite, quite. Uh, it's just quite people rich. trying to uh, tie up loose ends, and it's a lot easier just to be like, oh, we've, ca- we've caught them all, lads. But he's dead now. <laughs> we've caught them just... all. <laughs> we've caught them all. Well, I think he's definitely dead now because he would oh, be about you. 90. Yeah, well, yeah. if the theory is that he's Joe Biden, he might as well be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Juice guys to high heaven. Mate, that is embarrassing. So there's, obviously, you guys, like, people listening, you should definitely check out, there's a website called citizensleuths.com and it's all about, like, the D.B. Cooper thing, like, what they found, all their conclusions and stuff. There's loads of images, there's loads of, just loads of great stuff on there, so it's really worth checking out. Um, but they don't really name any real suspects, so that's just mm. a good place to go if you want to research this yourself. Start there. Um, so yeah, I definitely I think that that woman she just wants some her yeah. dad to have meant something because he was apparently he was he was abusive. He wasn't a nice guy. Mm. She didn't know him. She she all she knew is that he killed her granddad, and her mum was like, he's a bad man. And then she's obviously backtracked and gone for it and tried to make him Zodiac Killer, D.B. Cooper, this 
child killer. Like she's she's just trying to find some re- some something yeah. important. Her dad's yeah, being no, important. That's what I see it as. And it's fair enough. Like you you want to find some kind of like, you know, he may have been a bad man, but you know, he in was some important way, yeah. for some for some reason. But yeah, so she. I listened to her on the podcast, and I was like, "You're just, a fucking psycho. just trying to create." Uh, go on, sorry, mate. Right, and what I think we'll do one more suspect that it definitely isn't him, but he's it's so oh, compelling, God, like the story. <laughs> no, we've done, uh, it. We've done him already. Talking of <laughs> it's. Yeah, this is Walter yeah. Walt Wrecker. Now, this guy, when I listened to this podcast called yes, Soul, yeah. the DB Cooper Mystery, I was convinced it Me was too. this guy. This is like, you know, born in September 20, 1933, orphan, daredevil, former barber, and sometimes clandestine really? agent. Believed it was it was better to be poor, better be dead than poor. Polish heritage from Catholic roots, chain smoker. What was unique in it is it what? Walt, uh, Walt was unique in the way that he was rescue and survival specialist as a member of the U.S. Air Force Para Rescue 305th Air Rescue Squadron. Para Rescue is believed to be some of the toughest discipline all military special units. They routinely reject Green Berets and Navy SEALs. And the 305th unit holds significance as Cooper went on to hijack Flight 305 to Seattle. But I don't think that has any significance, to be honest. Um, but he, his story yes, is yeah. fucking brilliant. And you well, I, yeah, I read. Well, um, right? well, the his his story is the most compelling, but there are some um, there's some elements within his story that, to me, sort of didn't line up. He wasn't a drinker for one thing, and he ordered the bourbon mm. uh, and soda or whatever. You can put that. You could like put food, that down so... to nerves, but at the same time, I would assume if mm. you're pulling off a stunt like this, you want a clear head, and you not being a drinker, drinking a bourbon, like that's like that's. Mm. Whereas I'd need yeah, a drink, yeah. I think. But message <laughs> about so, I need a stiff drink. My what? Firstly, what what is it that really convinces you that this guy has has a good point? So, so I won't talk about. It. So he he had such a clear a memory of from landing and getting to the Calf. and getting getting to the in the i i i thirty five the overpass or something fifty five whatever the overpass the the bridges and he also he he knew that he had to follow this road and he got to. And he got so he gets to this um, could, yeah sort of, yeah service um, station. With the service cat, station. Yeah. He doesn't know where he is. He's soaking wet, right? Like, and and like, and he gets there, and he's got there's witness testimony to say he got there. He was soaking wet. He was carrying a bundle under his arm, and he asked a guy who was just in there to go and get him to get to. He was going to ring his friend and was going to give him direction to come pick him up. The bit, like, and he did. And then they like they did all this information. They found the guy. And he goes, That's yeah, what I got me. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. He walked in. So yeah, because that, like, that interview him. that he was having with his friend on the phone that was recorded, um, we're talking about Walter Wrecker at the moment. He spoke to a friend for a documentary. Yeah, and he was talking to his friend he had Carl. explained what the, what the, for the listeners and the, and the viewers and stuff, what had occurred. Walter Wrecker was re- recounting his landing and his journey on obviously getting back to, to, to civilization safely. What was what is so compelling about this, and I can't 
I can't debunk it, is he gave a description of the man that he that Walter requested um, to give his friend his his uh, his ride uh, over the phone to tell him where he is because at the time Walter Wrecker claimed he had no idea where exactly he was. He just come across this truck stop um, or this yeah this like service station sort of thing, asked to use the phone in there and then pointed at a guy and was like, "Can you tell this person where I am, please?" And the description that he gives to the documentary makers of a guy that drives a truck, wears a cowboy hat, and also had a guitar and plays he like plays music, music, country music. Yeah, he was going. He was going to play a and, gig, and he yeah, drives a dump truck. The documentary person manages to locate the area of where this service station was. The service station was no longer there anymore. However, he went. Yeah, he had. He had Burned then down, found yeah. the closest one spoke to um spoke to someone working in there yeah the woman yeah, at the, just the, spoke just to a woman person on the phone, who was yeah. working at this other service station and said do you recall a place that allegedly looked like this it was a service station with a canteen and the guy was like oh yeah that burned down about four or five years ago or ten years ago or something like that to which then he says do you remember anybody do you have contact with anybody that used to work there and as ben mentioned the woman from the cafeteria was obviously still alive the documentary makers then contact her and they ask, is it possible that about 40 years ago, you recall a guy walking into this place soaking wet in a suit and asking a guy that was in a cowboy hat, drove a dump truck and also played music. Do you recall that person? She's like, oh yeah, that's Dave from Down the Road or whatever. They then get in touch with him yeah, and, and then- he fucking remembers the, the incident occurring of out of nowhere, a guy walking into this truck stop soaking wet as ben mentioned with uh, what looked like a rolled up rain jacket possibly carrying either the parachutes or the money and both stuffed into one and that he recalls oh yeah i remember that happening that to me is just i can't debunk it i cannot debunk yeah. it because that's too much detail and right. too much luck it's so crazy that it, yeah, it all lines mm. up on the right night. Everything he he came in and he like you know Waters like he goes that is it that's the story. What people think. So I've been listening to a few podcasts, and they're like, so this is just based on what other people said. Why yeah, I don't yeah. think it, it it's true is that that when they when they was doing when they were listening to the tapes of the conversation between Carl and Water, he Carl was going so on the hijacking. Like when you were doing the hijacking and he's what was really vague and he's like, oh, I didn't really know. Like, and they went, so what, what made you pick yeah. that flight? Was it because of the stairs? Like, and he goes, no, I just picked the flight. I didn't even know the stairs were there. And that kind of went, well, that's the only yeah. way you could have got out. The... Like you must've known like that was the reason. So either he's being coy and saying like, oh, he didn't know. And he didn't want to give away secrets right, from yeah. like his CIA past. That's, or, that... you know, yeah, that's... And, he, and then I think it's like, that's the thing, like he, the stairs was thing, and the parrot. But he was a massively amazing parachute jumper. This water guy, like he was, him and Cole were parachute yeah. jumpers together. They were skydivers. That was their thing. That's what made him start thinking about it. Yeah, that was, that like, was the one that tripped me up as well. Yeah. With him saying, "No, I was totally unaware of like," because to me, uh, well, he might be, true. He might be because, totally unaware of the because stairs, to but... me, if someone was as 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 highly highly renowned as to being an immense immensely uh, perfect paratrooper would he have known the dangers of 
potentially opening the side door to like get out of the plane or did he have intentions elsewhere yeah. in thinking I want them to actually land this in Mexico so where they've got no jurisdiction and I can maybe get away with this maybe that was an idea because maybe he had done it in the past possibly we don't know but it, it, it's still it's still something to me like a detail that alright maybe he could be covering himself because it was considered that he was the CIA knew who he was yeah. and he was used as a, a kind of like a, a Lee Harvey Oswald agent but yeah, and then why was he so eager to start talking about it to yeah. this mate? Like, I feel like he was just like, this guy, he's going, oh, this right, guy's willing right. first. It I'm didn't... just going to keep going with it. Might as well. Whereas, like, Rackstraw, the, like, Neville's like, nope. Yeah. Nope. I, I don't, there was I, a I lot can't, of, no, like, I, you know. confusion, potential red herrings, like you said, like him just being, eh, nah, I don't no. remember that because he's defending something. But the... The, the landing story and going to the, the service station is too solid and it's too, it was way it too convincing too much, you know? and it's way too, too much of a reach and, and for, for the information to be accurate and just each person being like, oh yeah, I re totally remember that like occurring. I remember that guy. It's too good. It's way too. Um... It, and it's such a good story. Like it's so good, I didn't pay. I didn't pay for the documentary on YouTube. I didn't watch it. I, it. I didn't get to watch it. It should be giving this stuff away for free. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so I didn't. I didn't watch it in the end. So there, there's another guy who's this. So this guy, um, Schaff, Schaffner, or one of the, yeah, Schaffner, one of the flight attendants, said this was the guy she picked okay. his picture out of a lineup. So this is Kenneth Peter Christian Christiansen. He's in 2003, Minnesota resident Lyle Christensen watched a television documentary about the Cooper hijacking and became convinced that it was his late brother, Kenneth. After repeatedly futile attempts to convince the FBI and then author and film director Nora Ephron, who he hoped would make a movie about the case, he contacted a private investigator in New York City. In 2010, the de detective Skip Porteous published a book postulating that Christensen was the hijacker. The following year, an episode of history series, Brad Meltzer's Decoded, also summarized the circumstantial evidence linking Christensen to the Cooper case. Christensen is enlisted in the Army in 1944 and was trained paratrooper. World War II had ended by the time they deployed in 1945, but he made occasional training jumps while stationed in Japan with occupational forces in the late 1940s. After leaving the Army, he joined Northwest Orient, which is a plane uh, airline, in 1954, a mechanic in the South Pacific and subsequently became a flight attendant and then a purser based in Seattle. Christensen was 45 years old at the time of hijacking and was shorter, 5 foot 8 inches, thinner, about 150 pounds, and lighter in complexion, an eyewitness description of Cooper. Christensen smoked and displayed a fondness for bourbon. <laughs> Schaffner told a reporter that photos of Christensen fit her memory of the hijacker's appearance more closely than those of any other subject she has been saying, but could not yeah, conclusively so... identify him. Despite it's... the public... Like people sitting there going, oh, he was two inches smaller. He wasn't six foot. He was five foot eight. You're not going to... Yeah. If someone was to say, oh, he was about six foot, you'd go, okay, he could be six foot two or he could be five foot eight. So we'll go like around about there. It seems like... But then again, she was sat next... She would have been sat next to him and interacting with him a lot. And I still have that impression that... Yeah keeping someone so close they're going to just literally photocopy your face they're going to have more chance of being able to point you out in a lineup but while going through a situation like that for two hours rather than someone getting held up in a bank and being like give me the money quick 
30 seconds, a minute happening, and then they're out. Like, the complexion, oh, his skin was a little bit lighter. Like, uh, could could just be because of the light in, in the bank or whatever, like, or in the plane, you know? Yeah, it's... Uh, mm. That I can't... Yeah, I don't think I can even side with the hostess because of because of human error when it yeah. comes to re- remembering incidents like that um i don't know I, yeah no i'm not convinced i'm not convinced not a hundred percent at least yeah so then the most and the most recent one um was william j smith um and in november 2018 oregon published uh, the oregon the oregonian published an article proposing william j smith of Bloomfield, New Jersey, as a suspect. The article was based on research conducted by the, an army data analyst who sent his findings to the FBI in mid-2018. Smith, a New Jersey native, was a World War II veteran. After high school, he enlisted in the United States Navy and volunteered for the combat air crew training. After his just discharge, he worked for Lee Valley Railroad and was affected by the Penn Central Transportation <clears throat> Company's bankruptcy in 1970. Mm. grudge. It was the largest Ooh. bankruptcy in the U.S. history at the time. The article proposed that loss of his pension created a grudge against the corporate establishment Ooh. and transportation field. And as well as a sudden need for money, Smith was 43 at the time of the hijacking. In, in his high school yearbook, a list of alumni killed in World War II lists an, an era. Huh. Daniel Cooper, possibly the source of the hijacker's pseudonym. Uh, the analyst claimed that Smith's naval aviation experience would have given him knowledge of planes, parachutes, and his railroad experience would have give, helped him find railroad tracks and hop on and train to escape the area after landing. According to the analyst, uh, aluminium spiral chips found on the clip tire could have come from the locomotive maintenance facility. Smith's information about the Seattle area may have come from his close friend Dan Clare, who was stationed at Fort Lewis during the war. The analyst noted that the man who claimed to be Cooper in Max Gunford's 1985 book identified himself as Dan LeClaire. Smith and Clare worked together for Conrail at New York's Oak Island Yard. Smith retired from the facility as Yard Monster. The article noted that a picture of Smith on the Lee Valley Railroad website showed a remarkable resemblance to Cooper's FBI sketches. The FBI that it, the the FBI said that it would be inappropriate to comment on <laughs> now, to Smith. Now that's that. <laughs> Excuse that's me. That's pretty good. pretty good because that aligns with my interests of the quote that JJ brought up, like <laughs> "beat the system, I am the system" sort of thing. And <laughs> excuse me, Jesus Christ, that weed has dried me out. Cotton mouth. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the the idea of being against, like, not oh, I don't have a specific grudge. I have a grudge, and it can still be an umbrella term. Like, all right, this company that had the biggest bankruptcy in U.S. history at that time, uh, and him being a, a, a casualty of that, it. it can go further up the chain so the idea of him having a grudge as a as a as as nothing specific but maybe capitalism at, uh, itself kind of that 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 helps me yeah. side with what was his name william j smith william j smith and i've just put you in the chat okay some pictures uh well if you scroll down you see a picture of him uh Whoa! Like he looks Notice just he's like a bit him. Bigger, but wow, that's a. Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, his, his that composite is almost identical. Even the the gaps of the eyes, like how close. wide they seem. Wow. 
That's yeah, and I mean I his nose. To... His nose is like a nose of an old man, like when they drink mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, think about that. That's um, an earlobes. His mouth, the earlobes. Is, his mouth's the same as well. He, he's got that kind of like little. Yeah, the smirk. ears, the hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thin, thin lips. Thin lips. Yes. Um, I, I'm. Ooh. Yeah. It's just so like it could like that. That for me is like pretty. That is a good one. It's a pretty good one. It's a new one that I didn't really get into, but. That is a good Wonder one. Wonder if that, that, one that, that would clearly be brought to into the um, um, to the doc Netflix. Absolutely. Well, that's yeah, the thing yeah. we've got the Netflix. I'm going to look forward to yeah. looking into that one because it's brand new. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm looking. This looking is my last theory. <laughs> DB Cooper. I want to know this. This is just too outlandish. Too outlandish. Right. No one. No one except for the flight crew saw DB Cooper. No, they didn't interview but any there wasn't of the people many. on board. None of them went, Oh, yeah, I there were still 35 people that could have gone. They, they, they must oh, have taken. So, hang on a second. Um, I thought you said they let five people, people off and then it was only left with the one. No, they let oh, right, 35 okay. people off. Oh, and then yeah, there was only yeah. five people left. No, they let 35 <laughs> people and two flight attendants off. So they let 30 inside job. So. That no one's inside job. I reckon yeah. it was a flight crew. That's a... I reckon they all got together and they went. But where would they, they have put? Where, where did they put the money? Mate, you can. There's so many little cubby holes on planes. That you and they had an engineer off. on there, didn't they? Stuff. They put it in. The yeah, they had an engineer either. on there, and there's a specific yeah. that knows that a flight engineer one fact that was brought up on a podcast that i was um doing like listening to with the research that they were saying that the engineer is sometimes one of the only people that knows certain sort of areas of of a plane for specific reasons which was quite interesting so that actually kind of uh yeah i, I don't know that has some uh feet jeez that's like I, I, no one saw him, right? They made sure all the blinds were shut when they landed. He never spoke to anyone. The notes of the notes that they all read are completely like they they don't exist. They all they had was six, they, right? So they had six cigarette butts. They couldn't get any no any um, data off the tire pin and the tire had three different types of DNA on it. And like it's just, but they but, they, they, but it, none of them linked well, with anyone ever. Right. considering with the story other than this one that the the rest of the flight had no idea that it was being hijacked so it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be something that passengers would start yeah, yeah. you would know if you'd there was something around, dodgy happening you? right? you would be like, yeah, you'd be looking around you'd be coming down time. to the toilet and you'd be like you'd be sitting again free don't look right what's going on here why are the flight attendants just marching up and down to that one guy at the back? And why is he holding that briefcase? Like, I I genuinely think that it was all just like they went, let's just come, they just came up with it and they went, we can take him for £200,000. They knew, and, knew and, the insurance policy. And then they went and found out that they photocopied the notes. Yeah, They're like, and, we just got thrown. And the, hold on, shit. That just escaped my mind, the other thing that I was just going to say. Ah, sorry. Why? Why has there ever never been a passenger interview that's come forward years later being like, I was on the DB Cooper flight. I saw him. That's fucking... Exactly. 
no passengers have ever ever come forward and gone. And yeah, I was thought, on that like, flight. They get yeah, home, oh, you're like welcome this. home, honey, oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Oh, you know, never guess what happened. And then on the TV, it's like, wait a minute, that's that's my flight. That DB Cooper, that was my flight. That was my. How Whoa. many people? Yeah, wow. I was on flight three hundred five. Oh, dude, I never. This is more convincing than the Rob, not uh, Rackshaw, sorry, the Richard Floyd McCoy, uh, McCoy story. Yeah. So I think they just went, look, ah. and, and it goes back to what JJ was saying earlier, like the false flag, oh, false flags. Yeah. Like, and, and like very soon after, did they start putting in place mandatory universal searches for passengers? Well, because the, the staff members that would be working throughout this era where hijackings were immensely popular and banks put aside like millions of dollars just in case like stuff like this happens they're gonna they're gonna yeah, yeah they they're knew gonna about it they knew all the protocol of what happens and how they could possibly get rid of look at all these people getting caught they have no fucking idea what's going on with this plane like holy shit you've convinced mm. me dude what if he's an enigma is it what what if he you know what about the hijacker that never existed? They just there's been a hijacker. He's jumped off the plane with the money. They all knew, like the pilot knew the flat, the wing flaps. He right, knew what yeah. he needs to do for someone to jump out of that plane. He and knew. And the jets never saw someone. They went, just say he said this. Say he said this. But where we're sitting there going, oh yeah, jump. but they're in jets and you've got circle round and da da da. But then when you've got to look at it in a positive mindset, you've got to think they're going to be instructed to not lose sight of that exit. Like if you're maneuver. You see, yeah. when they're doing tumbles, like, you see, yeah, you see pilots tumbling. They're storm. looking above their head and everything. Like they're looking everywhere, so they could circle around the plane and keep an eye on the exit at the same time. Hmm. And the parachute would have been white, so they would have been surely as well. The they they would, there'd seen. be something on a plane you could just stick in a briefcase that would have a tracking device on it and just throw it out of the plane. No, no, not in 1971. No, they, they, I, I, well, I was looking into that. Loads of people said that again. There was nothing in 1971. There was no GPS. There was, so, so they, well, that's another, that's another, that goes back to another suspect. So they, on the night before, there was, um, sorry. (laughs) On the night before, um, there was, um, apparently they saw people, uh, a, a plane dropping flares. Like flying along the flight path, dropping flares, but that's like unsubstantiated. That was just like apparently people rung into a few um, uh, police, Sam. That like the right. police station gave have someone you, dropping flares along the the I ninety five or I fifty five. The, uh, the woman Maria Cooper. No, that's no. not a name I've heard. So there's a a woman who had an interview in 2011 claiming that it was her uncle who did it. Um, <laughs> So she said, burdened by the, uh, it says, burdened by the guilt over her knowledge surrounding the case, Maria Cooper claimed she had a 40-year-old family member secretly protecting her uncle, a man named Lynn Doyle Cooper, L.D. Cooper. Um, Maria Cooper said she was eight years old when her uncle, um, whom she called L.D. Cooper, came home badly injured for Thanksgiving in 1971, the day after the famous incident. He He claimed his injuries were a result of a car crash. Later, she said her parents came to believe that L.D. Cooper was the hijacker. Miss Cooper never saw her uncle again after that day and was told that he died in 1999. 
Okay, that's uh, yeah. Mm, very interesting. But she, from the photographs, it looks like she's on like live television right. having this, having this thing. Um, it's apparently it's the oh, most. It was the so many, they, I mean, lead for the mystery of the man behind the hijacking. <clears throat> Linda, oh, the mystery. Right, so that was the HD. That so that was the HBO documentary okay. was based on LD right. Cooper. The mystery <clears throat> of LD Cooper. But I never got to watch it. So, I mean. I never watched that one. I went, I was going with the big dogs and this guy's just crept in. I should have watched it. Uh, I mean, it's a HBO one, so they must be pretty So, I mean, the, 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 Sorry, the Joe, materials Joe, that they found on his, the materials that they found on his scarf and his necktie as well uh, were rare elemental weapons. So they, uh, sorry, rare, rare elemental uh, elements, metals. So they, metals, yeah. Yeah, they were like yeah, titanium and aluminium. He could have possibly even worked in the aircraft industry. Um, which kind of leads me to believe that, again, it could have been another false flag because Boeing, obviously, they've got these million-dollar assets that are flying around in the sky. And if someone can just yeah. go through security, hijack one of them, essentially take the plane, um, and like you say, they had no not very good tracking devices or anything back then, kind of makes sense that they would just get an inside yeah. guy who knew the plane mm-hmm. inside and out. You know, especially as well, it could even be somebody who did have a military background because they're like, oh, we'll get old fucking Dan Cooper to go and do it because he was in the army and all the rest of them are just like, okay, and then throw him out of the plane. But there's a couple <laughs> of other theories as well that claim that you wouldn't even be able to jump out of the plane because it would have been 20 degrees, which even even the most expert jumpers it was, said yeah. that... They, he would have at least needed landing boots um, from that altitude and stuff like that. So yeah, but they said so. So this is where the um, the um, so that one of the reserve parachutes was a dummy, uh, and this is where they think that he used this because they reckon that he tied it around his waist and had it hanging below him, so he knew when the ground was coming. So because it was pitch black, he knew when he, that would hit the ground before he would, so he'd know when mm. to like do a proper role. So they reckon that he set himself up to do like it was all set up for him. He knew that's why when that when that bag hit, the weight came off his waist, he knew that he was then there. He was ready to to take the fall. So there's I mean they they've done tests, haven't yes, they? They yeah. threw someone out of the plane <laughs> to see what would happen. And it, they've done it and they landed. It's just that it, it wasn't in a yeah. storm go <laughs> but they, but if we go back to water wrecker the guy said the face the guy's face was beat red yeah like he'd been, and like like he's been literally cold torn up by the elements it's that the the the, the wrecker yeah. journey to that service station is so fucking good it's so so good but it also like it I, really I'm, but but the idea of there no not even being a db cooper is too good as well. It makes too much sense. And while listening to Jay, I while I talking to JJ, I've been one. sitting there in my head thinking, how the hell can both of those stories cross? Would Wrecker be related to someone that was on the flight and he had organised him going to the secret, the the the, the, the service station as like a, a a part of the plan? Like I don't know. The both of them, the both of them are so good. I'm- I mean, there's also another possibility that the guy who is whoever it's meant to be could have been in on the inside job with the flight attendants because, mm. it, you know, also as well, the suitcase, yeah. 
they always say, don't they? Like, there's always like multiple people involved in stuff. So, I mean, the suitcase could have essentially been brought on by somebody else. Yeah. The notes could have been written by somebody else. Like, there's no proof that he wrote mm-hmm. them. I know there is no proof of the note either. Yeah. The mm. other thing is, I think I've worked out where the where the okay, money in the parachute, cool. where the money went. I, I've got an idea. Those scratch right. cards. So, when once the money and the parachutes, once the money and the parachute have been delivered. D.B. Cooper said everyone could get off the plane, including the flight attendants. What What if the flight attendants and another passenger got off the plane with the money and and they threw the parachutes yeah. off the back of the plane? Oh, That's what they're well, doing. Yeah. I've got a picture here of a parachute that they did find, but it was but it was pink. So, so they so he cut the light. So that's another thing that he did. He cut the lining out of the other parachute right. to tie the money around himself. Hmm. But he cut five bits, right. five bits of cord, and that's something Surely like two hundred fifty feet. Surely, though, they would have cord, they would have searched people coming off the, the flight that had been hijacked. Surely, that that you would think that they'd search people. Would you though? No, because if you think he's gone, if you think he's then gone with that, they, they, if the flight attendant's still on there saying he's still on the plane, you're not going to think like, hold on a minute, everyone is involved. Like two, three of them have got off, or two of them have got off. With yeah, the but it's only money. 1970. It's not fucking oh, yeah. 70. Oh, he's still in the like, air. Surely they had things in place in 1970 that were like. Yeah, but if you're convinced that he's gone off on the plane, you're not going to go. We're going to search all of you now. You, if if everyone on that plane is telling you he's still on the surely plane, there would have been fucking I, I, questioned. Yeah, you'd be like, well, the, the, he's still on the plane. I, right? I I agree with you both. The 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 odd situation with the passengers on on the flight. And, and the, the void of just no information is odd. The fact that they weren't questioned, yeah, that kind of raises some suspicion to me, like, definitely. But the idea of there not being a DB Cooper any, anyway, and it being an inside job, also makes kind of collides with it at the same time. Unless it's... that's the genius of it. Like, they literally just handed the money off, off to somebody who was getting off the plane, like... Maybe that is the genius. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Mucklow, do you know Mucklow's done it? She's so Mucklow has done a, she did an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Hmm. which I'd never read before. She doesn't say, all of a sudden the cockpit door opened and I walked in. This lovely lady who had been our passive resistance to the hijacker says, co pilot, it was a big relief. I wasn't until I landed in Reno, so it's plain, however, that she, the three pilots were known they were really safe. Bomb. Money and high Yeah, the lack of stuff. Sorry, but it. I think. Well, I think we're going to find out more. But I think the problem is we've done this podcast three days earlier than we're definitely going to because there's there's a lot of convincing elements of recent that have come out. But um, yeah, yeah. So Mucklow's done an interview, right? Like, but she's she's not. She's not really revealed right. anything that no one already knows, which is a shame. Well, I'm guessing that's why it's still unsolved. She just went on to be a better... You know. <clears throat> but, yeah, exactly. the, um, yeah, it's it's amazing how deep it goes. And for the lack of information, how much, how many theories of suspect... It's how, so like, I, like I said, I just looked on IMDb and there's been no, like no feature movie of like... I can't find it. 
There has. Yeah, oh, it was, the, it was with Robert Duvall. How this? Uh, what? I think it was a comedy. <laughs> the Pursuit of of DB Cooper uh, is an American crime thriller film about an infamous aircraft hijacker, DB Cooper, escaped with two hundred thousand dollars after leaping from the back of a plane. Yeah, right. Robert Duvall came out Got in nineteen eighty one, just after and the yeah, money was this, found. It's... I, it amazes me how there isn't, this isn't kind of so much, so more well known for how like nuts it is. And the, the, the. Yeah. Well, do you know what we haven't talked about either? Is the Canadian, the, the, the comic books, the European right. comic books, Dan Cooper, which is about a, a secret agent who <laughs> is a paratrooper. <clears throat> And it happened, and these comics were coming out a long before Whoa, the event. Really? Oh shit! Yeah. I'm just checking to see if there was a Quantum Leap episode about DB DB Cooper. There wasn't. I, this is. I can't believe how much there is to this. This is so, crazy. Yeah. So Dan Cooper comics. Interesting. The Dan Cooper comics were so they reckon that one of the I can't remember which one it was, but one of the suspects was a I fan just... of the Dan Cooper <laughs> comics. Oh god. Which one was it? Yeah, so although the Phillips English speaking world world since it did not appear in English translation, the comics series nevertheless gained a small measure of notoriety in two thousand nine. A result of speculation concerning the identity of the 1971 airplane hijacker. I bet they're worth loads Cooper. of money now. Um, but he actually I bet they're worth loads Dan of money Cooper. at the minute now. That's quite amazing. I'm. Um... They will be after Netflix fucking get their hands into it. Yeah, but he's. Cool, he's, yeah. he's... <laughs> right. Anyway, where is the... there was another. Right. So, yeah. So there was, you know, in Twin Peaks. There's Dal Cooper is the um, right, yeah. the main guy, the copper in Twin Peaks, Dal Cooper. <laughs> His name is Dal Bartholomew Cooper. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and Loki uh, in the new yeah. series and Disney's Loki, they oh, he right. doesn't. There's an homage to DB huh. Cooper. He said he making it to be DB uh, Cooper. It wasn't a man. It was uh, the god of mischief. Um, and obviously, there's yeah. there's all the Madman references. I mean, well, it's, Mad it's Men such a... uh, but the creator of Mad Men has come yeah. forward and said that no, Don is not DB Cooper. <laughs> Which I think the creator of Mad Men might say yeah. if he was, you know, trying to hide Maybe. something. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, obviously, those guys were like the richest, some of the richest people in New York. Like... Mm. Oh, oh, JJ's no. Ben's just suddenly disappeared. Ben's ah. gone. Ben and DB had... Cooper. <laughs> he's just been rumbled. Someone come behind him. Or oh, they did use the. Oh, oh, he's, oh, he's coming back, back in, listeners. Something happened there. We will be with you in a moment. We we need We're Ben back. here as he's got the other document that he's reading from at the moment. There he is. Yeah. So hopefully that first one saved. He didn't fucking lose everything. No, me and JJ were still here, and it's recording, mate. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So we're back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, even Kid Rock mentions D.B. Cooper in the song Bad with, ba, ba with a Badder. He does? He does. Bar-Witter-Bar. Bar Cooper's Bar-Witter-Bar. Bar. He mentions, uh, How have D. I D. never Cooper's heard of this? Like... 
That's what I'm saying, dude. I feel like I've been living under a rock of this my whole life. It's such. This is like one of those. Like this is definitely like a synchronicity thing. Like it's one of those. This is one of those events in time. You know when? What were we talking about when I was talking about events in time that have to happen? Um, JFK. You know, it's one of those like yeah, simulation it's an event in time that has to happen for the rest of the world to carry on. And I think DB Cooper is another one of those events where it's it, everything kind of <laughs> comes back to it. What is getting me now? Oh, I found an absolute blinder. Go no, There's a theory that DB Cooper is Tommy Weiser from the room. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is fucking oh. brilliant. You've got to put that in the Discord. Wow. It's a vice. It's a vice thing as well. So really. Well, they, yeah. he did one. He did always have money, didn't he? And yeah. They didn't know where his he money did. came from. So um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Over the past and few God, years, all the theories have gone from crackpot ideas peddled by crazy uncles and desert dwellers to even crazier crackpot ideas peddled <laughs> by prominent politicians, cable news hosts, and tons of old people on Facebook. As hostile <laughs> foreign governments and kicking four channels. So, so the seed of discontent, the theories ascend from CD message, uh, message board chains to mainstream media. Let me try and get oh, a little man. bit further. Tom, can you mention lot. Tommy Wiseau? But, <laughs> no, there's, but conspiracy there's, um... theories have been a fact of, for life as long as anyone can remember. And not all of the outlandish ideas and rumours people believe are as harmful as, for instance, thinking a pizza parlour is a front for paedophiles. Um, oh, my God. Where is this? Tommy Wiseau is D.B. Cooper. This one goes way back to 1971 when a man using an alias D.B. Cooper hijacked a plane with a briefcase bomb forced to jet to land where he secured £200,000 in ransom cash. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Theories around Cooper's true identity, the best yet pegs him as a Holly, Hollywood for, foremost character with a murky past Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, my God. Just... So, What's the link, X... though? XKD, XKCD webcomic that laid out similarities between Cooper and the living meme. The theory was an instant crowd pleaser, and really, if you don't think about it too much, the room's auto's fuzzy age, natural or, national origin, and mysterious wealth could possibly be possibly stem from a daring airborne heist. Oh, there's a video about it earlier. <laughs> like it's in that. I just thing. want to know how it links. Don't know if there's any truth. Yeah, there's, um, really there's a few others that are quite convincing, like Ted Mayfield, um, two amateur researchers named Daniel Dvorak and Matthew Myers proposed Mayfield as a suspect. Once again, they suggested that Mayfield called, called Himmelsback not to offer advice, but to establish an alibi. They also called challenged Himmelsback's conclusion that Mayfield could not possibly have found a phone in time to call the FBI less than four hours after jumping into the wilderness at night. Mayfield denied any involvement. The FBI offered no comment below. Himmelsbeck's original statement about that Mayfield was ruled out of the suspect early on. There's a few, there's just like John List is another one. But so John List is the weird one. So they thought it was this guy, John List. And the FBI brought him in for questioning. And he instantly admitted to killing his his wife, his three children, and his 85-year-old mother. Jesus Christ. He gave, you've got me. You've got me. And they thought he was going to go, I'm DB Cooper. And he went, I've killed my wife and kids and my mum. <laughs> That's superb. So they uh, caught him for mass murder instead of DB Cooper. That's hilarious. That's so funny. And can you imagine being him being like, ah, oh, I could have had a book deal. I could have had a movie yeah. rights. And now I'm just, I'm going down for murder. Yeah. <laughs>
Who else? Yeah, right. then William Gossett, um, but his middle name was Pratt. Um, there was no evidence, but he said that he, Gossett, had said it was him. He told his sons that it was him, and they gave him a key. They gave him, he gave them a key to a um, lockbox, uh, a, um, what those boxes, bank security box things, but they've never found where the box goes to. Safety deposit box. Safety deposit box. Well, I got... that was eye opening. As much as so, I JJ, would... what do you think? Because obviously you've never heard it before, and now now you've now you've heard the story. What what are your thoughts? What would you think? I'm still pretty convinced he's Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> they started in 1971. Who'd heard of Paul McCartney before wings. 1971? Wings. Yeah, wings. It's all in the name, which mate. is what you Living get when you do your parachute jumping in the army. They give yeah. you, after you do like 200 jumps, they give you a set of wings or something like that. Sounds sounds promising. Sounds convincing, <laughs> mate. So you reckon it's Paul yeah, McCartney? I mean, so, that's the only theory that I actually really care about. Is that if it, <laughs> if it ties back to our first ever episode. And if you haven't yeah. listened to that, make sure you go back and listen to it. Yeah. Dean, what's your theories? What's your thoughts? Um, I truly believe it was... Um... Re- uh, Wrecker, I'm. Do you reckon he's still Wrecker? Yeah, it's it's the um, it's the uh, the the gas station story. Yeah. It's too good. It's too solid. It's too absurd. And the fact that people have managed to track down the people on the night for actual like eyewitness testimony, it's too good. Uh, it is brilliant. Or, all right, he. Some of the aspects of his story do not line up with, obviously, the idea um, uh, that he, oh, I'm, I'm not a drinker. I just bought it because I was nervous. But, like, I don't think you would be nervous. I think you'd want a clear head. There are things that hiccup for me. Mm. Don't get me wrong. The idea of the uh, the workers on the plane creating D.B. Cooper and getting away with the money definitely has legs. There's a lot of convincing um ideas and not necessarily evidence but logic behind it um yeah. but the 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 service station story is too solid for me the yeah the cowboy the, finding the cowboy finding the, the the country playing cowboy at the gas station um it's too good it's too solid too many witnesses to, to say like oh yeah he was in a black suit saying rolled up underneath him soaking wet red faced and even the woman said the same thing. It's too good. It's Wrecker for me. Yeah. I I I want it to be Wrecker because it just feels right. Like the the fact that they were able to, you know, apart from like he, I can understand actually why your your story of on the plane doesn't line up because you're obviously more nervous and then once you land you're kind of like clear-headed. Yeah. Like, you're like Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he 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 followed the road. He he knew to aim for the traffic for the headlights. That's where he should land near there. Maybe he didn't know that the plane had that thing. He was just going to jump out the window either way. Because yeah, so maybe he didn't know until he got on the plane that there was stairs that he could get out of. He was always going to just fly low and jump out there. He knew where he was aiming for. He was aiming for Oregon. He was going back home basically. Mm. Um, so I I just don't know. For it's that, tough. I, I, I'm, I really wanted that. I, you know, I was quite convinced that um, maybe the the flight attendants did it all, and the and the cockpit, because the, like I said, no one's seen him, no one knows. Um, but yeah, it's such a good story, right? 
Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out in three days, won't we? Yeah, see what Netflix has to say about it. Looking forward to yeah. that. Hopefully it's on the... I'm, I'm sure it'll be on the American one which one was right. We're like, ah, oh, we should have said it was him. We would have got it right. I'm I'm pointing at Wrecker. I really you reckon am. Wrecker? Yep. I, I really reckon am. they're going to go for rack, short or rack Straw on this Netflix thing. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're going to go for this uh, LD Cooper because that's the one yeah. that seems to be that's the, the most HBO popular one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but then there's also William J. Smith is the newest one, so it might be that that they go about. Yeah. Oh, look, the puppy's here. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Rachel's got to get it's dinner fine. ready, and he's on the, a bit sleepy. Well, he's came here just in time to uh, have the sign off. But has anyone got any suggestions for the next one? Because I've got one. If not, I haven't off the top of my head. No. Go for it. What? I've got loads that I want to do, but I'm just you what? go for it because. Uh, when was the last? What was the last one I picked? Did I pick DB Cooper? No, I did. Okay, so yeah. I don't know if I picked one for a while. I want to do, and now this is going to be a big one. I think this might be the um, this might be a two parter. I'm not sure. It depends because I'm not really. I've never researched it, but I want to do the moon landing. Ah, good choice. El He's Clasico. so happy. Look at him there. He's El so Clasico. <laughs> El Clasico. I think we've done so. We've done 9/11. We've done JFK. We've done Paul is dead. We've not done the moon landing. That's definitely the next big one, right? Yeah, the most. Go for a biggie. Yeah. So yeah, moon landing next. Good one. I'm Um, looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Not Another Conspiracy Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you watch on all the other things because once we get to a certain amount, we can bloody make some money off this silly little podcast and we can do more. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. Uh, thanks again. And don't to forget everyone to pick up your page. socks. Yes, OG socks. Code oh, NAC. Still going. Woo. Hopefully, you know, we've never seen any of that sponsorship money. We've got some free socks. I think we've probably never made them anymore. We've got loads of free why. socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. When do we get to make our own sock? Um, I don't know. Maybe ask. Maybe, maybe when we solve a really big mystery. Well, we're going to do that with the uh, moon That's going to be a big one. Um, yeah. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, um, join the Discord. Thanks, everyone. I think there's still people that are Patreon people. Yes, and you guys are insane. Thanks for still being a Patreon. You get this episode early. Um, once we have worked it out, I'm sure we'll do some more stuff for yeah. you guys, but probably not. You'll probably just get them early. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll probably stream before the next episode because me and JJ have got time to kill on Sunday evenings. Um, yeah, thanks again. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. He didn't. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, we oh, talked about that. Prince Andrew's announce. And Ghislaine Maxwell's know. finally been sentenced. How many so years how was it? 20. 20. Oh. R-, R. Kelly got 30. That's insane. <laughs> R. Kelly was... I think R. Kelly... Mm, nope, they're equally as bad. I was just trying to see how he could be worse, but they're equally as bad. Yeah. But, I mean, she had know, a network of people. <laughs> that haven't just, come yeah. to light. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. never been questioned. Yeah, and like yeah. wallpaper and Christmas ornaments and Jeffrey Epstein, these people don't hang themselves. Hey, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Back, that is a light brown jacket. Uh, <laughs> <a> cool story. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.